It's the Matt Collins Show. It's the Matt Collins Show. Wow. Let me raise my chair up. That, that was what that sound was. I've got one of those chairs where you, you reach down and um, you, you pull up on the thing to adjust the height of it. Um, and it's an armless chair, which is important as a guitar player. Uh, arms on chairs uh, really get in the way. I suppose it would be okay to have an arm on the left side, or if one is a left-handed guitar player, prefers to play in the left-handed style with the pick in the left hand or the left hand doing the picking um yeah so anyway (laughs) i'm sitting in this chair and i had to raise it up and uh that's uh because it keeps sinking down because i've gained so much weight during this pandemic i think i've gone past the recommended uh weight guideline for this uh, this chair um Anyway, none of that matters because we've we've reached episode 21 of the Matt Colick Show podcast. Uh, this is part of the trilogy in which I discuss the making, the um, oral history, if you will, of my new album released today, May 14th, 2021. Oh my God. Oh my God. My album is out. Ah, it has been released. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um. Wow. The name of this episode, Everybody Gives Bees Along. Um, yeah, if you were expecting episode 21 to drop immediately, well, I'm I'm sorry. It's just been, I, I've just been moving so slowly and whoo, after, uh, it, it's been a real whirlwind and um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm really glad you're here, friends. Welcome back to the Matt Collick Show. I hope you enjoyed the last episode, episode 20 or the most recent episode. How about that Annie Sanchez, huh? Um Wow, it was really great to have her on. I'm going to have her on the next episode as well, episode 22, uh, where she talks about the uh, final track of the album, uh, to which she contributed uh, considerably, just like she did to the first track of the album. Um, today, I'm going to talk about um, the kind of middle section, kind of the, wow, what a pivotal, like literally and like in all the ways uh, period of time. Uh, we're going to pick up in uh, the beginning of August of 2020 and go all the way through the end of 2020. Um, a lot happened during that time with uh, not only the making of the album, but um, in in life. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So this is a trilogy. This is the middle one of the trilogy. And of course, as everyone knows, the, uh, the middle installment of trilogies are always the... Uh, the best, like Empire Strikes Back, Godfather Part Two, um, and others. <laughs> Woo! Wow. Um, what a week! What a week! I have an album out. Um, yeah, doing doing the podcast is sort of. At first, I was like, "Yeah, it'll be easy doing the podcast after after everything I did to get the album ready and put it out, and the the mixing and the uh, ugh, just all the final stuff." And then this week, after a couple days of just kind of feeling the groove and hanging out and not doing much um, and easing back into things, I really have gotten back into things with uh, putting these podcasts together because uh, for multiple reasons, uh, like personal reasons, mainly, I I guess. um, But I don't know. I I feel like it's important to document uh, how this album was made. Um, It's important to, to 
tell the story. It's 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 more than just music. Um, I don't know about you, but the music I love, like there's there's a there's it's not just about the music. Like the music is the most important thing, obviously, you know, to me. Um, but it's about the story. It's about like like the 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 vibe, the 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 time in which it was released, the the circumstances. Um, like it can't be separated. That that kind of thing. And um, so as much as possible for those who are interested in, in learning more about this album and what what these songs mean and what was happening during the making of it, I, I think this will be really, really cool to have out there, even if it is just for me, Annie and Mantequilla. <laughs> ah, good times, good times. Um, yes. So... Uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in to episode 21 here, uh, please go back and listen to episode 20 of the podcast, an epic, epic, like two, almost two and a half hour, um, or I think it's like 212 or something like that. Um, yeah, long ass episode of the podcast. Check that one out because um, it's the first part of the story that continues today. So I'm going to talk about the middle part of the making of the album, uh, really like through like the end of tracking, recording all the parts. Um, that, and I'm going to talk about, uh, tracks two through five. Um, we got into track one on the previous episode today. We're getting into tracks two through five, which are, uh, track two, everybody needs it. Track three, giving the game away. Track four, the centerpiece of the album, the seven minute and 28 second. Everybody's got a beard of bees these days. And, uh, track five undercover all along. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to get into that. Um, shout out to all the listeners, new and old. Glad to have you here. Welcome back and uh, welcome to you I, again. Go back, listen to episode 20. Um, hey, um, I think I might have referred to John Dietrich of Deerhoof as Greg Dietrich um, in the previous episode. Jesus, what a, what a, what a dumbass move. Uh, what a bonehead I am. Uh, his name is John, John Dietrich of Deerhoof. Uh, that, that I, I don't, I'm not going to go back and listen to that two-hour episode. Um, the drummer in the band's name is Greg, uh, Greg Saunier. Um, so, yeah, uh, sorry, sorry, John. Jeez. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to up my broadcasting game. Uh, it's uh, You can, uh, please forgive me. I, I just have been focused on this album and not really being a broadcaster, but uh, thank you for bearing with me, friends. I, I appreciate you. Um, honestly, um, I've got sort of a scattered brain and like weird energy and Woo. Um, and, uh, God, to be really honest with you, like going through my journal and the, uh, the notes from making the album, uh, I went day by day through my journal, uh, through, you know, from March 14th of last year, 2020 through today, basically, um, like pulling out the nuggets and man, it was it was like sort of like reliving all that stuff, and so it's it's been an emotional time. Um, so yeah, thank you for bearing with me. I I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So that's uh, yeah. Like I guess that that's all I have to say. Uh, the album is out. Find it wherever you listen to music. Um, if you want to really support me, uh, you can buy it. Uh, here, here's kind of how it breaks down on Bandcamp. Um, it costs seven dollars. 
Uh, but the cut that Bandcamp takes is more, so I don't get as much if you pay $7 for it on Bandcamp um, as if you bought it from my website, mattcollock.com, where it is also available for $7. Uh, So on the website, it's just $7 straight up. Uh, Then I get like 50 cents uh, taken away from that by PayPal because that's uh, the service I use to have that money uh, passed through and conveyed to me from my website. So I end up getting six fifty for every $7 you spend on the website on the album. Um, and let's see, on Bandcamp, however, even though they take more of the $7, it is possible to pay more than seven dollars. So, uh, if you if you wanted to pay more than seven dollars for the album, leave a tip, or you know, just wanted to support me by giving uh, uh, <laughs> more financially, um, you can do that on Bandcamp. So, yeah, TLDR, um, <laughs> TLDL website, I get six fifty with the purchase of the album. Uh, Bandcamp. I get less than six fifty for the purchase of the album at seven dollars, but much more if you decide to pay more. Um, of course, watch out for Bandcamp Fridays. I'm not sure if and when those are going to happen, but uh, if you hear people talking about Bandcamp Friday on social media or in your life, uh, or if I give you the heads up, um, that is the day on which uh, Bandcamp waives all of their fees, I think. I, I think it's all their fees, and the artists, uh, me in this case, Matt Colick, uh, get uh, get the full proceeds of the sales. So <sighs> that's it. I'm going to take a little break, and we're going to come back and go through um, the oral history of the making of the album starting the beginning of August 2020. Ooh, remember that time? Hot days, hot days. Uh, I'll be right back, friends. Yeah. Welcome back from break. Man, I am I'm a little caffeinated, a little... Um, yeah, had had I've had plenty of coffee today. I'm excited to go on a walk. It's been a while since I've been out for a walk, and it's already almost three o'clock, and I'm trying to get this thing out there. So, but I don't want to uh, skimp on anything. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna power through. Oh man, uh, tomorrow, um, man. Hopefully, I can get back, and we can. We're having a uh, yard sale slash um, <laughs> album release party here at the house. So. Uh, if you know us, DM us, me and Annie, me and or Annie. <sighs> so anyway, August 2020. When I uh, started making the album, I was going to take <laughs> really good notes. Then I stopped taking those notes um, in April of 2020. Um, so, But as I was saying, I, re- I uh, retained the uh, the journal daily, basically. there are Some days I, I take off from the journal. So like I said in the uh, previous section, I went through that day by day, picking out all the microorganism-relevant parts and stuff that just seemed uh, relevant to uh, what was going on back then uh, in the world and in my Annie's life. Um. Yeah, so stuff started happening. Things happened in August. Uh, there was a shift in August. Um, really, it was a time when, um, like, the seriousness of the album got kind of leveled up a bit. Um, I got my guitar pickups installed. Crazy to think that I was going to 
play electric guitar on the album with like the cheap ass ceramic pickups that came with the uh, $100 <laughs> guitar, the what what eventually became the Matito caster. Um, in August, I got the guitar pickups installed and it was ready to go, ready to record. Um, there was an issue with uh, some noise that I had to work through, but um, I did it. I worked through it like I strategically like like when the guitar was sounding good and like those pickups weren't fucking up like all right got to record guitar parts and I was pretty good about that and then when like fuck I had to record guitar parts and it was making noise and Jesus Christ uh, there were like positions I could angle myself and the pickups like where the magnetic field wasn't getting whatever interference was causing the noise. So I had to be like kind of perfectly still in position playing those parts. Um, God, I wish I could remember exactly what's, which parts of which, which songs, but yeah, interesting stuff. Those pickups are currently here in 2021 on May 14th, 2021 uh, with the factory, with Fishman um, getting looked at under warranty. So, yeah, the Matito caster is currently kind of naked, kind of empty. I haven't played the electric guitar in a little while. <sighs> but back then, we were rocking and rolling. Um, I was acquiring more pedals. Uh, I got a reverb pedal, the uh, Native Audio Ghost Ridge Reverb, which is a super, super amazing pedal. I love that pedal. A super simple um, and he's a he's a native guy. Um, um, Mike, I think his name is, and his company is based in Ohio, and he makes great, great pedals. Um, the Ghost Ridge being like classic as far as I'm concerned, modern classic, and it probably will never leave my board. Um, got the Dark Arts Drive from Byron Amplification as well. Shout out to Byron Neighbors. Good buddy. Um, I got my SM57 microphone, microphone, <laughs> the Shure SM57, classic dynamic microphone, in the first week of the month. Um, this is what was used to record almost like 90% of the electric guitars on the album. Um, I remember when I got the mic and I tested it out on the, on the amplifier cabinet, on the uh, Trainer YCV50 Blue. Um, and recorded just just to test um, a little bit with the with the uh, SM57 microphone um, at relatively low volume because I'm yeah, a little paranoid about turning up around here and that amp gets really really loud really really fast. Um, I did like some test recordings and I was like kind of blown away by like how good it sounded. Like I had to do a little bit of tweaking, but not not much. Um, I was really impressed, especially considering like how frustrated I had been. I had been getting by how terrible this room. Uh, you and you can hear this room on the podcast too. All the bouncy, reflecty kind of sounds. Um, that's just how it is. I, I haven't treated the room. That should have been the first thing I did. But yeah. Anyway, got the pedals. Um, I got that microphone. I got really excited about recording again. Um, I was taking really, really long walks uh, through the woods in the bosque along the Rio Grande in the summer heat. Um, the river started flowing low, so some of those walks included strolls like kind of directly through and across the river. On August 5th, I wrote, quote, I'm going to start recording again very soon and get that fucking album out by the beginning of September. Interesting. Um, that on August 5th was in the, one of the first journal entries, entries in a while that mentions the album directly. Um, 
There was very little left to do at this point, the beginning of August, to tweak the electric guitar situation. Um, like I was kind of obsessed with that for a little while, but I, it was getting to the point where I, I was getting a little bored with it. And uh, shit, like I can't get lost in that. I better start recording. Like I got all this shit now too. Like there's a little bit of pressure to make sure I use it to uh, make the album better. Um, I was rolling and smoking lots and lots of joints. My God, I smoked so much cannabis um, during the pandemic. I still, still am, still am. Uh, and mind you, and probably still will, but uh, not nearly as much as like during the height of the pandemic. Uh, the NBA came back <laughs> at that point, um, playing in the Orlando bubble. Um, of course, the Bucks ended up losing to the Heat in their series. Uh, the Bucks, of course, my my team. Um, I'm wearing my Bucks t-shirt right now, my Milwaukee Bucks t-shirt right now. As you know, may or may not know, I am from the state of Wisconsin. God bless you, Wisconsin. Uh, and yeah, complicated Wisconsin. Um, so anyway, the Bucks lost to the Heat, and that was disappointing uh, later in the summer. Um, there was a lot to do <laughs> that was not making the album. Like there was a lot of stuff going on, honestly. Um, but things were shifting. Um, I made a decision kind of production wise during that time to like whatever guitar tones I was getting in the moment, uh, for the songs, like I would pull up the mix or pull up the song on in studio one, the, the program I used to record, uh, whatever sounds I was getting like, okay, that sounds good. That's what I'm using. I would commit to that. Um, and then, which also meant um, like not tweaking it in the mix. Um, the only things I did ultimately in the mix with electric guitars were um, like applying high pass filters, of course, to take out the unnecessary low end. Um, I think I added a delay in the mix to the slide guitar on um, undercover all along as well. That's it, though. The, the only other stuff that happened to the electric guitars or the only thing that happened to the electric guitars was me like tweaking the sounds with my pedals and the guitar. Basically I set the controls of the amp all at noon and let the guitar, my fingers and the pedal board do the talking. So yeah, that, that was a production decision that I'm looking back was like really smart. And I'm really glad I, I did that. Um, here's a journal entry from eight thirteen August 13th, 2020. Quote, it feels really, really good to have the pedal board and guitar completed, and the amp is solid. I have my setup, everything I need to make sure microorganism turns out great. Yeah. Uh, baking and eating a lot of cake. So many cakes at this time. Um, as I was talking about uh, the chair sinking earlier, and I find myself having to adjust again. Okay. Um, <laughs> eating also eating a lot of cannabis chocolate. Um, wow. So much cannabis chocolate, like hundreds of milligrams at a time. Woo. Um, yeah. Like I said, um, I got my guitar back from Ron, my, uh, father-in-law basically. Hey Ron, shout out to Ron. Um, Ron is a luthier, Albuquerque tone lab. And, um, yeah, I, I got my guitar back from him with the pickups in it. And then when I got my guitar back from him with the pickups in it, I gave my acoustic guitar, the guitar I wrote all my songs on, the Breed Love that my dad purchased for me back in, gosh, I think 2014, something like that. Um, yeah, I uh, I got that guitar back from Ron in the 
in the middle of August, on August 17th to be exact, and he told me that he had to put 12s on it instead of 13s, like it required lighter strings than what I'm accustomed to and prefer to play. Um, it probably needed a complete refret, and the truss rod was basically maxed out from all the abuse it had taken from all the, the songwriting and practicing and playing. It was like the only instrument I had. So I, I realized I had to I had to retire that instrument, which was like, uh, like so like uh, it hurt my heart. It hurt my heart. I love that guitar. Um, I see it. I see it down there on the it's uh, on its stand on the other side of the desk from where I'm doing this podcast. Hello there, friend. Um, that guitar is <laughs> on a lot of the album. Um, yeah, so it's it's all good now. That guitar has been like kind of put out to pasture, you, you might say, but it's like still a, a super useful in- instrument. It's got twelves on it. I bought some twelves on it. I got five on it. Um, it, it has 12s on it. I played it um, a couple weeks ago. Actually, the day after the day after we got our second Moderna shot, I, I, I was playing the Breed Love uh, just, just uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, two weeks ago, precisely, I was playing the Breed Love, and man, it felt good. I remembered how great that instrument was. So thank you, Dad. Uh, thank you, Breed Love. And uh, let's let's get back to it. So I got that instrument back on the 17th from Ron, and I realized I had to get a new acoustic guitar. So I think uh, I asked my dad, my dad who is no longer in his bo- in his body, um, for an acoustic guitar. Eventually, I got one. More on that later. Um, also, around this time, we decided to definitely get a cat. Um, I mentioned the mouse problem. Uh, in the previous episode, I think, in our house. Uh, we picked out a cat, actually. We learned, though, that the cat we selected was killed by dogs when it got out one time by the people who were who were holding it for us. Um, fuck, so sad. Um, there were two cats who got out in that situation. One, one was attacked and killed, unfortunately. Uh, there was one cat, though, who climbed up a tree and survived, and they were able to retrieve that kitty, though. Um, I found that uh, new guitar. It's a 1947K, or it's late 40s, I guess. I, I'd like to say 1947 because it because it is the earliest possible year uh, that this guitar could have been made. Um, and I don't think it could have been made past 1949, from what I understand. But I identified a new guitar to replace the Breedlove, and it is this this K guitar made in Chicago, kind of a cheap sort of consumer brand, but this particular model, like, uh, there are good ones for people who, like, are guitar players and who collect guitars. Uh, there are good ones if you go back, and this is one of the good ones. It's made uh, with the mahogany. It's ply, but it's it's mahogany. It sounds really, really nice. Um, it has cool um, inlay around the sound hole, uh, which is one of the I- identifiers. Uh, it, it has it's a player's instrument. It has had a, a complete like the fretboard was completely replaced. Uh, so new nut, new fretboard. Uh, I believe yeah, new bridge and saddles and everything. Uh, basically a body and a neck. Uh, did I mention a truss rod was installed? It originally did not have a truss rod. Um, 
yeah, what else? Oh, it was uh, X-braced. Originally, those guitars came ladder-braced, so the whole inside of the guitar, like the whole back of it was taken off, and like the insides were torn out and replaced and reconfigured. Uh, So it's kind of a new-slash-old, like vintage-slash-kind-of-modern guitar, and a uh, a passive K&K Pure Mini pickup was installed uh, by the previous owner. Uh, So a lot of work done to this old guitar, which put it in like the range of like possibility for someone like me versus like an actual like vintage vintage guitar so these are what we call players guitars versus like uh as they say blues lawyer guitars (laughs) shout out to my blues lawyer friends i love you guys um So yeah, (laughs) I got that guitar, I identified it, and I reached out to my mom um, to, uh, I asked her to help out with the money for the guitar, and I said, you know, it's it's from dad, and she agreed. Um, The Democratic National Convention happened, Kamala Harris accepting her nomination and all that, that was going on in the world. Uh, We started watching the show Scandal. I did not continue watching the show after about, uh, I I think I got through a a full season, maybe like a season and a half. And it was just like, I gotta, I gotta make this album. So if you listen closely and you turn it up really loud, you might be able to hear (laughs) some scandal going on the show scandal, um, (laughs) from the other room, from the other side of the wall, from where this album was being made. And that is just part of the character of the album. We ended up getting our kitty on August 24th. Um, we didn't name her until a, a little while later, but her name, of course, is Mantequilla. Uh, we were thinking of naming her Olivia because of Scandal. Uh, the main character on the television program Scandal, of course, is named Olivia. But uh, good thing that didn't work out. Mantequilla is really, really perfect. Um, the box, the Milwaukee box, the aforementioned Milwaukee box, although they they got beaten and they really weren't themselves, in the NBA playoffs, um, they did their wildcat strike on August 25th uh, to protest uh, police brutality and social injustice and um, the killing of black and brown people. Um, I was really, really proud of them. Um, it was it was kind of organized by the player who was no longer with the team, uh, but God bless him, George Hill, and. Um, they said, fuck it, we're not playing today. This is like, why are we here during a pandemic playing basketball when this shit is happening, the pandemic is happening? So they said, fuck it, we're not playing. A lot of people were pissed off uh, in the league, and the NBA, um, and it, it was not exactly the most popular decision, but all the other uh, NBA teams followed suit. I'm getting a little more emotional remembering it. Aw. It's crazy times. It's like so much emotion happening and it's like popping out in so many interesting places. Yeah. So anyway, um, the Milwaukee Bucks, they did not uh, win the championship last year, but they did uh, strike and... uh, Yeah, really proud of them. They made a, a big impression. So yeah, breathing, 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 breathing. Okay, I received I received that guitar, the K, after um, 
I purchased it from a, a fellow on Reverb.com. Um, Zach, I think his name is. He's out uh, out east in Connecticut, I think. Uh, you know, New York kind of centric dude. Uh, he's got an album out too. I think his name is Zach Sobel. Uh, look him up. Look him up. I, I'm not sure if this guitar was used on in his music at all. Uh, but shout out to Zach. I bought the guitar from him. Um, I was a little nervous because we ended up going outside of Reverb to make the transaction, which, of course, like saved me. Well, I don't think it ended up saving me on shipping uh, at the end of the day, but whatever. And it saved on his uh, fees uh, that Reverb would have charged. So I, I, I theoretically paid a little less, although I don't think I did, but whatever. And he paid less or he got back more from the sale than he would have. Um, so I was a little nervous when the tracking information wasn't being updated. Um, eh, but I did get the, the guitar, of course, on August 26, 2020. Whew. Um, man, and that thing like immediately felt like home. I love that guitar. Like it's so fucking good. So we, we got, um, uh, Montequia on August 24th, the Bucks and their strike on August 25th. I received that guitar on August 26th. Um, I'm still feeling really excited about recording, but not just kind of poking around with it, not really getting into it on August 27th. Um, here's a fun story. I, uh, I ordered some, some cannabis to be delivered from one of the, one of the local dispensaries here in Albuquerque who were, uh, really, uh, I'm so grateful that they were doing a uh, delivery service, um, during that that time where I didn't have to go out anywhere and it was like a, a reasonable fee and like for if you spent more than a hundred dollars they they um they uh, waived the delivery fee and everything which is like super fucking cool and obviously I'm spending more than a hundred dollars at a time for cannabis yeah so I went out to uh, accept the uh, delivery from the delivery person Diego and um you know, picked it up from him, showed him my ID and the card and everything, said hello, asked him how he was doing. And, um, uh, yeah. And I, I got, I got the stuff in the bag and I was walking back to the house and I was barefoot and like, um, like Diego said something and I, I, I turned around and I was like, what? And he's like, have a good one. And I was like, Oh, Hey, have a good one. And uh, as I was turning around, I hit my fucking toe against like one of the decorative rocks uh, we have alongside the driveway here at our house. And I was like, ah, fuck, I stubbed my toe. But uh, yeah, yeah, you have a good one too, Diego. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Be safe out there. Ah. And then I, I walked in and I, as I was opening up the door, I remembered I, I was looking down because I had to make sure the kitty didn't get out. Our brand new kitty, Montequia, who we weren't sure we, we were going to call that. I looked down and I noticed on my foot that my left pinky toe was sticking out at a, like a 90 degree angle, basically. I, I'm sorry, trigger warning for uh, it was sticking out at a basically a 90 degree angle. It felt like I had just like stubbed my toe, like, ouch, ooh, this'll this'll pass. Um, Annie was like getting ready to go and she was kind of in a rush. And so I and I was like looking down, making sure the kitty wasn't getting out and like locking the door, and I had just gotten my stuff, and uh, uh, my fucking toe is sticking out at a really, really unnatural, sort of grotesque and gruesome a- a- angle. Um ah, and I'm like to Annie, sweetie, sweetie, um, I, I think I might have like broke my toe. 
and she's like rushing around like trying to like pack stuff up and like use the bathroom and like and she came over like real quick um to look and <laughs> she looked down and she's like ah, ah and but also like laughing because well obviously Matt yeah you broke your toe it's sticking out at a fucking 90 degree angle that's not right <laughs> but she also had to pee at the same time and so she's like running to the bathroom and laughing and also like I'm like ah I'm my toe and I went over to like the kitchen bench and while she was using the bathroom like pulled out the toe ah, and placed it back in to place. And I was like, oh God, I think I got it, but I don't think I got it quite right in there. I think it's like twisted really weird. Oh shit. What are we going to do? Ah. Um, I was like kind of freaking out a little bit, but it was also like, eh, I guess this is something that happens. And then and he came back from the bathroom and like looked at it and it was like starting to really swell up and stuff, but it had it was no longer sticking out at that 45 degree angle. Oh my God. Um, yeah, that was that was wild. Uh, then Annie had to take off and I was just there with my toe and um like she ended up relating to me that yeah, her sister Erica, like that happens to her sometimes where like she's like gets her toe caught on something and it, like it sticks out and like she breaks it or dislocates it rather. I'm not sure if I actually technically broke it. I, I certainly dislocated it. Um, wow. Fuck. <laughs> and I was just coming back in from the, from the cannabis delivery. Like, ah. anyway, <laughs> that happened. What a week. Wow. Uh, with the new guitar, I realized I needed to get back to playing and singing songs. And I, I needed to get, like, my voice back in shape. And, like, I had to, like, record some parts for posterity. Like, these are the parts that are ending up on the album. Um, and with that new guitar, I was like, ooh, feeling inspired again to, like, play and sing songs. So that that's what I ended up doing. And I, I think I, I got to another level a little bit at that time. Uh, playing and singing songs as far as my craft is concerned. Um, around the end of the month, um, we found out Chadwick Boseman died. Uh, that's, that was really sad. Uh, we watched the movie Get On Up, which of course is the James Brown biopic. Um, Chadwick Boseman, of course, very good in that movie, excellent in that movie. Um, but yeah, James Brown, like not the most like lovable character, like f- tough to like... Like they did their best with that movie, but yeah, he, I don't know, he like one of the, one of the greatest, like a musical giant, like I, we would know, but the world would not be what it is without James Brown. And I think the world is a better place without that, that we've had James Brown in it and his music continues to be so influential and uh, to me and to, to everybody and a lot of people probably that who don't even know it. Um, but yeah, not the most like. Yeah, yeah, I kind of don't like that guy. <laughs> but Chadwick Boseman was fantastic at portraying him, and it really fucking sucked that he died. Um, yeah, God bless you, Chadwick Boseman. <sighs> September 2020. I started watching this, the show on Netflix, Sense8, which is the uh, a show by the Wachowskis, the, uh, the directors and creators who, of course, made the Matrix trilogy. Um that show is pretty fucking wild. I love that show, and it sucks that uh, it ended like kind of prematurely. Um, yeah, kind of the beginning of September was a little un- uneventful after like all the 
stuff that happened at the end of the last month. Uh, at this time, the Bucks got knocked out of the playoffs by the Miami Heat. Um, it seemed like a good time to start making the record again, right? Um, I got a product like I was kind of done buying pedals, but like a like just like like little aftershocks of buying stuff were happening, like buying additional like little patch cables for the pedal board, stuff like that. Patch cables for the pedal board, um, and I got a product known as the Rock Slide, which is a slide for slide guitar playing. Um, I got. The, um, I got it in the large size in brass, not the polished brass, and um, it's really cool. It's kind of tapered, and it has like a notch or a couple of interesting notches on it that kind of make it a little easier to hold and like move up and down, and it's like super fucking heavy, <laughs> um, which equals better tone. Um, and so that was like really cool to get that slide into like um, – during that time was like – really leveling up my guitar playing, I think, uh, especially with the slide with, in a philosophical sense where it's just like one note after another note. It's just one note at a time and like really being focused on that intonation uh, with the slide because the frets aren't there to help you at that point. Well, they're kind of there to help you as a visual guide, but they're also like they can fucking throw you off if you're using them as a visual guide. So you really have to use your ears uh, as a slide player. So uh, of course the slide is most notably used on the album on the song Undercover All Along. There are a number of slide guitar breaks in that song. Uh, Montequilla's first vet visits were happening. Uh, at this time, uh, and we ended up taking Mandikia to a bed and breakfast with us. Um, one of the things with with uh, our uh, caretakership of Mandikia is that we want to take her places. More on that later um, in, in the next episode, I guess. But we took the cat to <laughs> the bed and breakfast with us, with us, which was an adventure. I need to get some, mm, excuse me, some water. Hang on. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. How, how you doing out there, friend? Have you listened to the album yet? Uh, it's called Microorganism, and it's now available on all the platforms. Woo! So yeah, September, we're staying at the Bed and Breakfast uh, here in Albuquerque. And uh, we actually, uh, we had been quarantining up to that time, uh, not really going anywhere, thus the cannabis delivery, uh, so we could stay there with some friends of ours who uh, had also been quarantining. And I remember telling um, my friend Amanda, shout out to Tanya and Amanda, uh, Amanda during our time there that uh, she was asking me about the album. And I was like, yeah, it'll definitely be done by the end of the year, as if that was some outrageously generous and long time frame. Um, I was like at that point thinking, yeah, more like like it's still possible to get it done in October or November, really. Like, But certainly by the end of the year, I was, I was telling Amanda, ah. <sighs> Yeah. Around the middle of September, like I was like, okay, let's let's get serious here. I went in and I started listening to what I had recorded thus far. Um I was a little scared to do this. It's like I don't know, I don't know if you can relate to this, but sometimes I'm a little a little scared of checking my bank balance. <laughs> um like what what that looks like. Do I have like a couple thousand dollars in there or is it like overdrawn? No one knows. <laughs> That's not a fun place to be that in that anxiety. And I always, always, always feel better when I check it and shed light and take things out of the shadows. Um, yeah, that's always, always the case. It is all, like never not the case. 
I think. I think I can be absolute with that. Um, anyway, I was kind of scared to to listen to those the, what I had done thus far on the album. It, it had been a little while, and I was a little scared, but I actually felt pretty good about what I had and how I would be able to complete it. Um, I was thinking a lot, a lot of conceptualizing, a lot of visualizing, a lot of like, okay, so here's what I got. What am I going to do now? Um, I was taking those long ass walks and a lot of work got done while I wasn't doing work out on those walks. I, I gotta say, um, this actually at this time, September, um, was when I decided on the final track listing for the album, as we know it now, um, we still didn't have the titles for Annie's tracks yet, though, but those were coming, and I had decided they that they were going to be sort of the bookends of, of the album. Uh, I was feeling excited about uh, being able to get back to songwriting once the album was over. Um, that was kind of motivating at this time. Like, God, I like really want to write more songs, but I got to get this album done first. Like, And it's really hard for me to kind of keep both of those plates spinning at the same time. I need to be spinning one of those plates or the other plate. Yeah. Um, at this time, I was also like watching lots and lots of videos on YouTube about mixing, um, editing, mixing, all that, uh, trying to prepare for the next step. Shout out to Joe Gilder of Personas Studio One, uh, whatever his other channel is called, whatever his other online identity is called. Um, the Alonerly album was released on September 26th. My friend Annie and I both, uh, we, we know her like from like in separate ways. And she's also a fantastic musician. Um, um, Antonia Montoya, uh, she's an Albuquerque local and she records, makes music under the name Alonerly. And she released an album called Among on September 26th. And it's really, really good. It is one of the albums um, that was really influential. I admit, my album doesn't sound really anything like hers, I don't think, except uh, you can hear like tape hiss on her album, which is like a cool, cool vibey thing. And I was like, ooh, that's cool. And there's some hiss on my album too. Like, that is completely artificial. It is not tape hiss at all, um, but it's like hiss and it's like not technically like music I recorded and it's like technically kind of interference, but it adds vibe. Like there's something about it. It's like a dithering of some kind that adds a vibe to the music. So yeah, that was something um, that is like in common that we have in common with our albums. But anyway, uh, she released that album on September 26th. Eventually we got it on vinyl more on that later. Um, but that is on the, uh, that whole album is on the playlist Music from the Making of Microorganism, which you can find on Spotify uh, if you look for that, or it's on my artist profile on Spotify as well. Um, that playlist contains 1,076 songs. Um, when I added the seven songs from my album Microorganism last night, <laughs> when we noticed it had come out on Spotify, it had reached the level of, and this is where it will stay, 1,076 songs, which I realized is interesting. 1076, 1076, 1076. That's when I was born, October 76. Very interesting. <sighs> Around this time, the end of September, um, I was starting to really, really get down to recording, just recording tons and tons of stuff, spending lots and lots of time, hours getting tracks done. This is around the time I stopped watching Scandal, I think, when Annie was 
watching scandal out in the other room. Um, I was recording a lot of like quote unquote drums and percussion. Uh, the album is sort of a mix of like artificial drums, samples, synth, synthetic drums, and like percussion from the house. There's like a, a shaker that is our salt container <laughs> that we have in the kitchen that I brought here into the studio. Um, every single thing about the album was uh, recorded in this room. Um, yeah, household items. There's uh, like uh, paper being crumpled up and shit like that on Everybody Needs It. Uh, that was packing paper from one of the pedals I got. Um, stuff like that. You can hear disinfectant spray being sprayed as a on, uh, I think, track one, Everybody Needs To, featuring Annie Sanchez. Uh, there's lots of fun stuff like that, like all that percussion stuff, the hand claps, the finger snaps. Um, there wasn't stomping. I made sort of a makeshift drum kit here in the studio. I just like some pots and pans and containers and like jingly jangly things and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, jars with change and pistachio shells in them. Um, I had wine bottles that I, I hit with drumsticks and I hit with brushes. Um, lots of fun stuff. I put a, uh, like a sheet of aluminum foil on top of a cardboard file system thing that's full of receipts I've collected over the last, I'd say, 20 years. <laughs> it's sort of my, my history uh, in a lot of ways, that was used as a drum, as sort of a snare slash tom kind of thing. Uh, ultimately, I had to bring a lot of that stuff down in the mix. However, if that were to be taken away from the mix, it would not be the same at all. It would be missing. So, uh, so much of that was happening around that time. Um, I was thinking I might be able to put out the album by my birthday, <laughs> October 2nd, but that was obviously not going to happen. But maybe October 9th? October 9th was possible, uh, but I kind of decided on the 30th of October, October 30th, 2020, the day before Halloween. Perfect. Um, it was also like the election was coming up in the first week of November, and I didn't want to like get caught up, like have the album get lost in that drama. Listen to me. Like, <laughs> like my album is going to get caught up in like any kind of drama. Like it's that <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, like the level of thought I put into the like the release date, the meaning of the release date. I thought it would be freaky and fun to have it released on like Halloween weekend. Um, but I didn't want it to be like released like it was either that or like 1116 or 1123 2020. And then I started thinking, fuck, will it even come out this year? Um, I really got close to announcing October 30th as the uh, release date. I was super, super close. I was, I was, I was talking to myself a lot about it. I think I mentioned to mentioned it to Annie a lot, but I never, never actually got around to announcing it. Whoo! Um, I thought, like in the last week of September, that I could get all the tracking done by the fifth of October, which would have given me enough time to mix, master, and release it. Um, could I have done that? Um, like, I remember writing in my journal <laughs> that it was exciting to have the album released on the same day as Megan Trainer's Christmas album. <laughs> I was looking up release dates, like who's releasing their album on October 30th. Uh, who will uh, like, what albums will my album be among when it, when it is released speaking? Hey, a lonerly shout out. Um, 
October 30th, Megan Trainer's Christmas album came out. My album did not come out that day, but um, around this time, I'll, I'm also realizing I have to start over with Everybody Needs It. Uh, this is the first time I started over for uh, with that song. That went through a lot of different iterations. Um, however, I was starting to get a little more accepting of this process, uh, the iterative process, the just kind of accepting the fact that if it's not turning out, okay, that's part of it. Don't get frustrated. Start over. This is how it's done. Um, I started to realize I was going through something, like learning a lot, passing through a portal. Like that was definitely in my consciousness around this time. Uh, as my birthday, my 44th birthday was approaching. I focused on finalizing the arrangement for everybody's got a beard of bees these days. Um, meaning I just kind of laid it out. Okay, here's the intro. Here's like, here's where the guitar solos are. Uh, this one's going to be like eight bars versus 16, you know, all that stuff. And here's where the verses go. All that. And then I recorded uh, the acoustic guitar for that song as sort of a guide track. Um, the acoustic guitar I recorded as a guide track ended up being the guitar you hear on, on the album. Um, is it the K or is it the Breedlove? I don't remember. It's probably the K. I believe it is the K. Um, every, everybody needs it started to become a problem. Um, I got in a, I got in a little too deep. <laughs> Um, with that one, uh, by the end of the month, I started doing, uh, regular updates in the album notes again. Uh, things were starting to get serious. Uh, like I was on a roll. I was on a roll. As you heard Annie say in the previous episode, I, I think we were both kind of on a roll as she has looked back on that time. Yeah. Things were happening for her business as well. Uh, the guitar part for jump on top of the world with me was done on September 28th. Um, that was one take. That was the breed love through uh, the this little like five watt mono price amplifier, um, and that's just the sound that happens when <laughs> that combination happens. Um, there is uh, like some tweaking done on the guitar part in Studio One with that. I, I ran it through uh, like a Marshall amplifier modeler in some parts of the song, but mostly it's just the sound of that guitar, my Breed Love guitar, uh, tuned down to. Um, is it, I think it's D-A-D-G-B-D. Yeah, it's not open D, it's D-A-D-G-B-D. And then plugged into the little little cheap-ass monoprice tube amplifier, 5 watts. And uh, the SM57 is, is put on that, and that's the sound of the guitar on that album. I did it in one take, and it was like, huh, cool. Um, I didn't play it to a click track. However, I did have um, the... Uh, a flashing pulse at, uh, what is it, 45 beats per minute? Or is it 42? I don't remember. I, I mentioned that in the previous episode, I think. <sighs> Maybe I'll mention it later today. Anyway, that's that's how the guitar part was recorded. One take, and I listened back, and it was like, huh, I guess I don't need to do that again. I feel good. This is how I want that to sound. Um, I wanted it to ultimately come out sounding like I played and sang it at the same time. I did not. The vocals came much, much later. Um, and I don't know if it's clear that I played and sang it at the same time, but it was it was nice to have a take that it, it felt natural singing along to once I got around to doing the vocals. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did a bunch of vocals uh, around that time. Um, I didn't like the sound of them at all. 
like everybody needs it was was a problem and i was starting to think fuck um the vocals for jump on top of the world with me which are super important because they're the only other thing in the song besides the guitar they were starting to become a problem and i wasn't sure how i was going to finish them but i was moving forward it was good times uh eating lots of cakes. The The first presidential debate happened on September 29th. Um, I was actually in here working on the album while it was, uh, while it was going on <sighs> in real time. Good times, good times. Uh, I was feeling anxious again about that goddamn deadline. October 30th. Is that going to happen? October is here. Yeah. So sip of water real quick, real quick. Mmm. Moving along, moving along. October. Um, yeah, I'm starting to actually feel pretty shitty about a lot of the parts I've recorded. Um, not just vocals, uh, guitar too, which is like, God damn it. Um, everybody needs it, by the way. My initial, my initial thought for that was I'm going to record it uh, just electric guitar like cool sounding electric guitar tone. And then I'll sing over that. And maybe I'll do some harmonies or something like that, but just real fucking simple guitar and voice. Uh, I ended up thinking, no, I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do a fully acapella version of everybody needs it. Like singing every single part of the harmony um, and, and getting like that, the, the harmonic structure, right? With like, so, you know, the, the chords I play on the guitar and the, in the bass uh, notes are represented in addition to the actual like vocal line where I'm singing the lyrics in the melody of the song. <laughs> so yeah, um, most of everybody's got a beard of bees these days was recorded around this time, the beginning of the month, my birthday. Um, I'm still thinking I can get the album done in time to release on October 30th around this time. Uh, the president got COVID beginning of October. I turned 44 years old. Yay. Annie made a wonderful cake, Boston cream pie. Ooh, so good. I took a couple days off at this time, my birthday. Um, I spent some time working on lead guitar lines for everybody's got a beard of bees these days, uh, just kind of like working them out, not recording, but just sitting here and playing and trying to, trying to compose them. Um, I didn't record any improvised guitar lines like as solos for this album. They were all Angus Young style, um, like composed beforehand. Um, and that's, that's what's on the album. Um, Eddie Van Halen died, I, I believe on the 6th of October. God damn it. Um, interestingly, this is when I was getting deep into focusing on the electric guitar parts for the album. So uh, whether it comes across or not, the album is definitely influenced by him, even if it's not so obvious. Uh, Montequilla getting more shots, taking her to the vet. Um, talking about getting out of the house around the holidays slash beginning of the year. Um, we got this uh, sort of proposition that we could move to a friend's parents' house in the North Valley of the city here. This nice big house. Uh, we actually went and visited it, and um, man, we we could have we could have gone and lived there like through the end of the year and kind of into the next year. And it was like uh, just this urge to get out of the house that was popping up around this time. Yeah, but we ultimately, of course, did not decide to do that. Um, I descend. I decided on October seventh. Um, oh, I, I wanted to mention 
Eddie Van Halen, the Dark Arts Drive, the Byron Amplification pedal. If you want the guitar, the Eddie Van Halen guitar tone, uh, that's a really good pedal to have. I personally do not use it for that tone. Like it's so much more than that. Like that's just one thing it can do. So it's like, it's a really, really great drive pedal. Um, I, I recommend it highly. It is like so much of the, that that pedal and the Byron Amplification bow drive are so much of the tone, the electric guitar tone on the album. So anyway, I decided on October 7th that I would release the album on November 13th, that I would push it back two weeks. Ugh. I remember feeling quite a bit of relief at that time, kind of avoid the election stuff, all that. Also around this time, my tooth started fucking up, uh, my upper left in that area, like food was getting caught in there and it was like starting to get painful if I moved my tongue around or like breathed in <laughs> the wrong way. Uh-oh. I was feeling super anxious about that, especially considering I had to like record vocals and I was like not sure how I was going to get that done. Um, but I was feeling sort of motivated as well because we were like trying to get out of the house soon. So we're getting out of, out of the house. Better get this fucking album done. So that's out of the way. Uh, we recorded Annie's tracks, her vocals on October 9th. What a day, October 9th, 2020. Um also around that time, I decided to get the uh, a microphone called the Roswell Mini K47. Mini K47. I, I, I was t- talking, I, I said it like it was called the Mini K4747 or something like that, but it ends at 47. There's just one 47. It is the Roswell uh, Pro Audio, I think is the name of the company. They're not in New Mexico, but that's the name of the company. It's the Mini K47. It's a sort of an em- emulation of a... Uh, a Neumann uh, something or other that costs like $10,000. This mic, I think you can get it for three or $400. I got mine for like two sixty five dollars or something like that on Reverb. Um, I'm talking into that microphone right now. Uh, it has made the podcast a lot better. Uh, it has made, uh, it made microorganism a lot better. This, that's the, uh, that's the microphone I ended up recording like 95% of the lead vocals and, and background vocals, uh, in, and a lot of other stuff. Um, but is the, it is, uh, the main vocal mic for the album and it's a game changer. The other microphones I was using the, uh, AKG perception something, which is kind of their, it's not a great AKG mic. It's a condenser microphone. It's their sort of a cheap consumer grade level. Uh, shout out to my friend, Jill. She, uh, she gave me that microphone and I used it. I think that's the microphone we use to re, uh, record Annie's parts. Also, I have this, um, what is it? The uh, Audio Technica AT2020 uh, medium condenser, medium diaphragm condenser microphone, which is like sort of a classic budget bedroom producer microphone. I think Phineas, uh, Billie Eilish's brother and producer, uh, it's uh, used a lot in their recordings. Um, so yeah, that that was uh, being used a lot, but it just was not cutting it for vocals, I got to say. So I'm glad I got this microphone, uh, the Roswell Mini K47. Game changer. Um, I had kind of a bit of a breakdown in the middle of the month again. Ugh, these breakdowns, they, they happen. They happen. Um, kind of pre-shocks, kind of pre-shocks for what was about to come as the fall got into the winter. Um, I needed to calm down and nurture myself. I was losing a little steam. I was feeling a little uh, lack of confidence, uh, particularly regard with regard to my voice. Um, my tooth was feeling really bad. 
I kind of started getting into horror movies, like, you know, Halloween times, you know? So instead of making the album, I was just watching horror movies, feeling uninspired by the stuff I was trying to come up with for the guitar. I was just like, God, there's just like, these are, these parts are just generic. Um, I don't know if I ended up making the parts not generic. Time will tell the, what my satisfaction level ends up being, but for now I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with, with how they turned out. But at the, at that time, middle to late October, I was like, ah, fuck this. Um, I was able to complete the guitar for giving the game away by the middle of the month, though um, I, I got that done, and I'm really happy with that. how that turned out. However, like I ended up cutting out a lot <laughs> of those electric guitar parts, um, but that's, that's how it had to happen. Yeah, we um, switched over from uh, uh, Swamp Cooler to the heater. So, so if you live in the southwest in New Mexico and Arizona in particular, I think, or, uh, you know, Southwest Texas, uh, California desert, you might have a swamp cooler. Uh, we switched over from that to the heater. It's that time of the year. Mm. Um, it was helping a lot to go, um, to work through my frustrations with the guitar parts. I, I, I just powered through, um, I made him. I made him good. I think um, I made them cool, and I moved on. Um, I continued to power through those parts. I finished undercover all along on the seventeenth of October. Um, I got to work testing out and using that microphone around that time. Um, I realized that it wasn't just the microphone. I realized that this goddamn room <laughs> needed some help. So that's when I put up the blanket slash pillow fort, um, which was how this room was for quite a while. Uh, it made it really hard to get at my clothes, which I also keep in here, uh, <laughs> and all that. It had made it like, ah, this fucking room is so small, and I'm always tripping over things, and it sucks to have to move microphones around. And um, so, you know, God bless this room. I'm grateful for this room, but it, it was getting kind of tight around that time. But um, it was necessary to build that blanket fort, and it it made a huge, huge difference. The microphone plus the blanket fort really made it so. Like, no excuses anymore. I have my environment for recording vocals. Um, the day job emerged once again at the end of that month, so I had to start focusing on that again to get it out of the way. I started thinking about plans to, uh, or we started thinking about plans to get out of the house at the beginning of the year, as, as, as we, we mentioned. Um, it was just like, God, this fucking house. Um, we finished, or I finished the electric guitar um, on October 22nd. Um, that was the last day, and I felt like, fuck, I got all the parts done. It felt really, really good. Um, I knew, actually, that being said, I would have to redo the slide guitar parts on Undercover all along, but I kind of wanted to just rest in feeling the accomplishment. Um, like, I, I did the parts for Undercover all along. I composed them. I played them. I felt good about them when I played them, but when when I listened back, I I knew they were not up to snuff, so I, I had to re redo them later. Um I had some time to work on vocals uh, toward the end of the month. Um, Annie was able to like find a way to get out of the house and be be somewhere else where I could like hang out and um, like be in here and get into the groove I felt like I needed to get into so I could sing sing these goddamn songs. Um, I was in the vocal booth. I had the microphone. It was certainly better than the previous situation, but I did not like how how I sounded. And it was like back to the drawing board. Um, Watching more horror movies, we took uh, Mantequilla to get spayed on the 27th. Poor little baby. 
her recovery and her scar in her little belly. Yeah, she was so little, so little October 27th. Uh, we watched all the Harry Potter movies. Um, I got kind of into a funk again. I started getting more pedals again. <laughs> Even though I didn't need them, I was kind of distracting myself. Um, I came up with a solution for singing and vocals on the album, which is I, I made like rough, rough mixes of the songs, which, wow, I had rough mixes of the songs at this point. That's pretty cool. Um, I started driving around in the Buick with them, uh, singing the songs to the mixes I had. Um it was theoretically really fun. It was fun to go out there and do it, but it was in reality very frustrating. Uh, I was feeling stuck, like kind of like I couldn't continue, much less finish the album. I was I was getting kind of low at this time. Uh, really getting into the idea of, like, like God, how do I get into character? Like I, like I need to find the voice. Like what am I gonna do? I need to be better than what what's happening right now. Um, I was distracting myself with more and more guitar effects pedals, uh, thinking about building a second pedal board for some reason. Hmm. Honestly, I was not feeling great about doing uh, vocals at this time. I was uh, all I had left to do. Like I recorded everything except vocals. All I had to do was sing the songs. God damn it. But I was like stuck. And the vocals, of course, are like so important, so, so important. And I feel like I've come so far as a vocalist that like being unsatisfied, dissatisfied with what was coming out was like, it was really, really frustrating. And that's kind of where we were at the end of October around Halloween. Yeah. Water time. Oh yeah. (sighs) November, 2020. I started to realize uh, acapella, everybody needs it, is not going to work. Wow. That was that was a major, major, major decision. But it came fairly late in the game. Um, like, this is when I had all, like, I felt like I had all the parts done. All I had to do was record the lead vocals. I actually had all the background acapella parts done for everybody needs it. But it was just kind of like slow and uh, unexciting and uninspiring and kind of like after the first track, everybody needs to, which is like this sort of up-tempo thing that builds and builds and builds. I wanted everybody needs it to like really like boom, everybody needs it. And it was just kind of like, it was kind of a letdown. Like it sounded really cool and I'll probably actually release that version of the song at some point. It's, it's there. Um, but it, I realized it wasn't going to work. Um, and so eventually I I got, uh, the idea to just go back to the original idea was, which was, uh, singing, sing and play it with the electric guitar, get like a cool electric guitar sound and tone. That's like fun to listen to and like sing along to that. Keep it simple. Um, the election happened. I renewed my cannabis card. (laughs) Um, on November 7th in my journal, I wrote down how I decided that I am basically a strat guy for life. Uh, I had the Matito caster. Um, I'd been playing it a lot, of course, buying more and more pedals at that time. And I kind of decided, yeah, I'm a strat guy. So as a guitar player, that's who I, that's who I am. I, I basically still feel that way. Um, I also got a new pedal, the Wampler Ethereal pedal, which is a delay slash reverb all in one box. Um, I think I owned it for less than a month, Um, but it formed the basis of the guitar part for the new, improved, everybody needs it. Nice. Ooh, I'm so sorry. 
So, so sorry, I, ha- I did have to burp there. Um, yeah, so I got the Wampler Ethereal pedal and was playing around with that. And I was like, huh, I don't know if I'm going to keep this pedal, but I think... I think this could be the sound of Everybody Needs It. So I went ahead with Everybody Needs It sort of as like me playing through the Wampler ethereal pedal. And uh, and then I'm going to sing along with it. And then it's done. Nice. Uh, we watched the 2020 Rock Hall induction, Rock Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Rock Hall induction ceremony. Uh, that was that was fun to watch. Jeez, uh, who, who was being inducted that year? It was the one where, of course, it was all social distanced, everybody everybody at home, and it wasn't the weird thing where they're all together in New York. Um, yeah, fun stuff. I put together that mini pedal board. Um, I I put a lot of more a lot more thought also into uh, finishing the fucking vocals. Um, I, I had a bit of a breakthrough actually on on um, yeah. Well, I I see here. I I and as I look at my notes on November 9th, Shout out to Gary and Janelle. Uh, that's when I decided um, during a walk to uh, do the Wampler ethereal pedal as the basis for, yeah, that was the date, November 9th. That was the date of deciding the Wampler ethereal pedal, which no longer is on my pedal board, would form the basis of Everybody Needs It, track two on the album. I started watching this guy, Chris Lipe, on YouTube. Very helpful. He was a, He's like a vocal coach who is like, um, his way of putting it across and conveying like wh- what it is to be a better singer is like, uh, like it's all about a feeling. And so like, there's weird like vocal exercises where it's like, he really puts himself out there and makes himself like, he doesn't look or sound cool at all, but this is like how he presents, um, the ways to like get at like certain voices. And so watching his videos were like really, really helpful. Uh, getting my voice more forward in my face and mouth and more up into the mask area, all that sort of stuff, uh, the breathing, all that. And like these really, really weird vocal exercises and like da, 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 ding dong, ding dong, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> run, stuff like that. Ooh, almost clipped there, but did not. Um, anyway, I was watching him like trying to get better at vocals. I needed to unlock everybody needs it. Um, just kind of on a whim. I I got some guitar shit down. I want to, what happens if I add some drums and stuff to this guitar part I recorded? I thought, oh shit, come on, man, let's focus. Don't do that. It's not a good idea. That's funny because obviously it turned out that's what ended up happening to that track. Um, Around this time, I started thinking December 18th might be a better release date. Like, it's before Christmas and the holidays. Like, if I don't release it on December 18th, then it's not coming out this year. So that's motivating. Um, On my dad's birthday, uh, November 20th, so like a month before that release date, uh, that's when I committed to doing the thing I ended up doing to Everybody Needs It. Finally. Finally. yeah. Um, my, my, geez, the computer, the uh, screensaver on the computer just turned on crazy. Um, I had what I felt like was a really good day tracking vocals on the 22nd of November, November, um, like going through the full song singing all the way through. Like I had a really good day, like in terms of my feeling of how it went, but, um, God damn it, I went and listened to what I recorded. And again, what the fuck? Um, 
I still had to learn how to do vocals. Um, it was around this time I reached out to my new friends, uh, Sean and Cass from the Very Ape podcast. Um, I sent them an email after listening to one of their epi- episodes where they uh, encouraged listeners to reach out by sending them an email. So fuck it. I'm going to send them an email. So I did. And I uh, I sent them a link to a YouTube video where I perform a bunch of ween songs. And they actually wrote back and like said how much they loved it. And like, it was clear that they actually watched it and loved it. Um, amazing. Um, they have become like, like friends, online friends, and like the community that they have like sort of built and, and have curated, uh, the church of chill has become super important for me, like family. Um, these are my people. And, uh, that was the time I reached out and, and did that. I remember telling them that, yeah, I've got an album coming out, should be out by the end of the year. I'll keep you posted. Yeah. So yeah. Um, this was the weekend uh, when I did these vocal parts. Annie stayed at her at her office, and she took Montequia, so I had the house to myself. And uh, that's when Annie started watching Shit's Creek. She was done watching Scandal, I think. And then the new thing that was being that was happening while I finished the recording was Annie watching Shit's Creek, which I still need to catch up on, by the way. Um, I started actually selling some pedals at this time. Whew. Uh, Thanksgiving happened. So like kind of a little break from recording and we got some food and like, uh, obviously Thanksgiving is like, yeah. Um, we, we ended up having a zoom conversation on that day with, uh, in which we talked to several family members on both sides, Annie and me. Um, my brother told me we both looked good, quote unquote, and seemed to feel good about me and Annie. It was, it was actually really, really nice to connect with my, both my brothers, um, on that call. Um, not long after that, I wrote a blog post that my brother didn't like. And then he wrote me a letter, one of my brothers, and he said that he uh, had uh, concluded that I had lost touch with reality. Nice. Thank you. Um, that shit sucks, man. What the fuck? Um, remembering Morris on that day, Thanksgiving uh, a few years earlier, we lost our, our friend Morris. Uh, Morris was our kitty. Morris, one of one of the beings to whom the album Microorganism is dedicated. Um, he was an indoor, outdoor cat, and uh, we, we let him out that morning, and we were going to go out late that afternoon, like we were having a really lazy day that day, uh, three years ago, um, and we, we found him on the sidewalk. Um, it was so sad. Really, really, really sad. And so we remember Morris on Thanksgiving, um, Montequia's brother. Um, I started getting into season two of The Mandalorian at this time. <laughs> Television. Uh, so many stories, so many good stories. And uh, we also started watching The Queen's Gambit at this time. I, did you guys watch those shows? They were really great shows, especially like the season two of The Mandalorian. Wow. Like, I think a lot of people feel this way. Uh, it's like one of the best things in the Star Wars universe. Um, like certainly one of the best things that's going currently in the Star Wars universe. Hell yeah. Um, and the Queen's Gambit. Wow, that was great. That, that, that'll be a fun one to watch again maybe someday. <sighs> so yeah, that was November. Mm. And uh, water. <sighs> So December rolls around. That's when the Spotify wrapped <laughs> comes out, you know, when Spotify sends out an email and notifications about here's what you listen to this year. Well, 
man, that was so interesting. Uh, so many things because like there was a time when I thought I was going to be getting my notification as a as an artist on Spotify about you know the music that I was going to release in 2020, and that came to pass that uh, there was no music released by me in 2020. Um, so that made me feel some feelings, but also like, well, next year, next year, I'm going to be on people's Spotify wrapped and I'm going to be able to look at my stats when people, when the Spotify releases the thing. Um, but also it was like, it's always really cool to look at the stats. Um, so much ween and grateful dead and even fish. Like those were, who were the artists who dominated, uh, my listening and uh, by a to a certain, certain extent, extent, Annie's listening and Montaquia's listening around here. Ween, uh, by far my number one artist, uh, and Grateful Dead. Um, Listen to tons of fish. I think the next two artists were Fiona Apple and um, Erica Badu. So uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what was listened to in 2020. Um, I was wondering, beginning of December, how the fuck am I going to finish Everybody Needs It, let alone the entire album? Um I don't know how it all came together, but I just kept working on it, and eventually it turned into something like what it is now. Like, um, like through December, like shit just came together uh, with the the final recording, especially with everybody needs it, which, like, maybe not the the song that um, the, the the song that people will identify or like know the most from that album. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of the. The major Matt Colic works. It might be a lesser Matt Colic work. Who knows? Uh, but it's a song, and uh, it took a lot to get on there. And the album wouldn't have been finished if I wasn't able to find a figure out a way to finish the song. Um, I just kept working on it. Eventually, like basically by December, when I was listening to rough mixes of it, it's it's not a ton different from how it eventually turned out. Um, I sold the aforementioned Wampler Ethereal pedal on December second. Thank you for your service. I, I actually made a profit on that one. I, I think I got it for less than a hundred dollars and sold it for like a hundred and thirty. Um, plus, it's like that's the guitar on on everybody needs it. Um, I finished all the parts of everybody needs it, um, apart from the vocal track on December third. Damn. Um, I redid the slide guitar parts for uh, undercover all along on December fourth. Um, that's also the day I did the sax part the uh, quote-unquote saxophone by, um, we, we had in, I had in Bibby, the sax entity Saxerton to play those parts on quote-unquote saxophone on, every, on uh, giving the game away. That happened um, also on December 3rd. Um, on December 6th, big day, big day, I participated in the Church of Chill smoke session call on Zoom. A bunch of us from the community um, where we normally interact on Discord, uh, we got together on Zoom, had an amazing time. Uh, wow, I'll never forget that experience. I played Chocolate Town by Ween, and I played Everybody Needs It. I, I had been working on that song so, so much. It was so fresh. Um, so I, fuck it. That's what I'm going to play. And people fucking dug it. Um this around this time, my my friend Jasmine, uh, I was on her podcast not long ago uh, in back in February, Archives for Aliens, where I talked a lot about the making of microorganisms. She was also on that call, uh, and of course, Sean and Cass, um, the aforementioned uh, friends, I sent the email to. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I felt like 
I had kind of developed a system and routine for recording vocals. Like I kind of got it down, um, starting with the most challenging parts and going from there, like not singing the whole songs through. That is not effective. Like looking at the song, okay, what is the hardest part of this song? What is the most challenging part of this song to sing? And just looping that part and doing like four or five takes. If I need more than four or five takes, it's like I'm not going to get it. So back to the drawing board. Um, and that's how I did it. There's like lots of sirens and shit happening outside. I hope everybody's okay. Um, plowing through. Got to take that walk. <laughs> um, it was sort of like with the vocal parts like doing scene by scene in non-chronological order and I really like to like for vocals it's effective I, I feel like for me to get into character and it really did feel like an actor where like okay what is the emotional level and tone and where am I at in this scene uh, given that it's not chronological given that I'm not like working up um, to 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 things um, I have to like really kind of place myself and motivate myself appropriately for the part of the song I'm singing. And that's how those parts got done. Um, I was doing the takes and then instead of like, Ooh, that felt good. I'll work on it later. Like I was listening back immediately too. And if I didn't like what I heard, go and redo it. Like recognize what, what, what isn't working, correct it, redo it. Um, section by section of each song. And that's how it worked. And then I comped the parts together and comping is like, a thing that's really actually pretty easy to do now in the digital realm. I, I suppose it was possible in a way to do it in the, in the analog realm with tape, but God, um, I can't imagine. Um, it's basically, let's say you have four takes and I'm singing a line, jump on top of the world with me, let's say, and like I can choose the jump from take one, the on top from take two of the world from take three and with me from take four or in any combination of that. Um, and there's a lot of that going on throughout the album. Um, so that was kind of fun. Uh, and that was the way the, the, like I, like I keep saying, that's how the vocals got done. Like just section by section, one, one part at a time, the hardest first with going down to the least challenging parts and like listening through and like getting them more or less locked into place right then and there. Um, Around this time, uh, the holidays were kind of starting to approach, and it's clear the album isn't going to come out on the 18th of December. Uh, I started thinking maybe I can just put it out on December 31st, even if it, even though it's not a Friday, uh, just so it's out by the end of the year, like on SoundCloud or whatever. You know, just so I can say Microorganism was officially released on in 2020. Eh, of course, that didn't work out. Um, what is the current NBA season began around this time. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, signed his Supermax contract with the Milwaukee Bucks. Good, good days. Um, we were, Annie and I, talking about getting set a, setting up in the Berkshires for the new year. Interesting. Just really trying to get out of this house. Big day on the 18th, as it turns out, recording the vocals. I got all the parts for Everybody's Got a Beard of Bees these days done. I also did a lot of vocals for Jump on Top of the World with me. I even changed a lyric that day. Uh, we got fucked up on following orders. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it used to be. <laughs> um, I felt like I was in a really good spot as a, as a performer right then. I, I was really feeling it, feeling good. Uh, the Bee Gees documentary came out on HBO. I finished tracking 
I finished tracking uh, for the most part on December 21st, 2020. Um, I decided that I had what I needed and it was time to move on. Uh, the next day I was watching mixing videos and ostensibly getting starting started on mixing on December 22nd. Um, wow. Um, I actually decided though that I had some additional ideas. Um, they could go on subsequent recordings. So like I thought, okay, I'll leave like a day or two open for reshoots, quote unquote, as, as I mix, but like, yeah, I can maybe get a couple things done, which I, which I did, but it, like, I really did lock in what it, what I had at that point. And I thought subsequent recordings is where these new ideas could go. So like motivated by like, I want to do new stuff. Uh, but also like, okay, I got what I need all that. Um, yeah. The uh, great conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn happened on that night, December 21st, I believe. Uh, I started actually working on the mix. Uh, I was doing some editing slash mixing, trying to figure out Annie's parts, like where, where to place her like her vocal parts within like the landscape of those instrumental tracks I created. Um, starting to realize I'm really not ready to get into the mix yet. I need to do like lots of editing. Uh, then we have the holidays. And eh, kind of take a little break on stuff. We were, we watched uh, like everybody else, Soul, Pixar, Soul. We watched Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Uh, the days following Christmas, uh, there was some stuff with the family. I had a text based confrontation with a sibling on the twenty seventh. Uh, the sibling, um, and I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, and forgive me if this is re repeating stuff that's already been said, but this is in the context of the making of the album and where I was at emotionally and in my head. Um, we had a text-based con confrontation on the 27th, and uh, then she stopped supporting me on Patreon, I noticed, on the 28th. Um, she. I just outed that it's uh, my sister, I think. Anyway... Um, so I confronted them about it, and um, they they said, "Oh no 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 no, settle down." I was just going through my fan finances and um, decided, you know, I just cutting back. It's you know that time, and I'm thinking, "Fuck, that's even worse. That's even worse than if you had done it out of spite, because it's like, like you don't value me and your support of my career, like." Like you're one of the only people supporting me on Patreon, which is like one of the one of the meaningful ways people can support me. Um, and I appreciate it so much. And it's like, yeah, you know, just looking at my finances and this five dollars, that's not working for me anymore. Um, like you couldn't find that five dollars somewhere else. Um, it was kind of hurtful. It like it brought up a lot of stuff. It seemed to bring up some weird shit for her too. Um, that she was like bringing up for me, like I wasn't there for her at a certain, what? I'm your little brother. Um, yeah. Turning it around on me. Um, yeah, it was, it was really rough and I, it was a heavy time and I was thinking about a lot of heavy stuff and I wrote that blog post. I published it on December 30th, uh, the blog post, Dear little Matt, um, I, I tested the waters a little bit by tweeting um, stuff about what, what I ended up writing about in Dear Little Matt, the blog post, which, of course, you can find on the website. Um, it's, it's, I, I encourage you to read it. Um, yeah, so 
I published the blog post, um, and things have not been the same since. Uh, it, it has been revealed who my real family, real family, my chosen family is, the, the people from whom I can count on unconditional love, like actual unconditional love. Um, Jesus, what a thing to have to go through when one is making an album. What the fuck? Um, through the end of the year, through December 31st, no response from any family member about the blog post I had written. Meanwhile, the response from everybody else in my life, overwhelmingly positive and completely, completely supportive and understanding. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. Except for my family. Um, of course, you can hear Annie talk about <laughs> all this happening in uh, the previous episode. We ended up going to bed early on New Year's Eve, and uh, that's 2020. Um, I still needed to finish editing and mixing the album, but I had all the parts done. Like 2020, like looking back, pretty good. I got the I got all the parts done. I got all the recording done. Like everything you hear, basically. Like I'll talk about some stuff in the quote unquote reshoots that happened. Uh, but really, like almost all the vocals, I, I did do some uh, re-recording of parts and additional parts. Uh, not much, though. Like I think just one song and uh, like some keyboard parts, and that's it. That's that's really it. Uh, the the album was recorded in twenty twenty, uh, mixed, released in twenty twenty one, and it's out today. Oh my god! Ah, but I didn't know at that point when it was going to come out. Um. I remember thinking that it was like, okay, well, the end of the year pressure is done. So now it's just like, okay, I just have to make it good. And uh, here we are. <laughs> I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to come back. And I, I did talk a lot about, um, you know, the individual tracks I want to get into today. Everybody needs it, of course. Um, going through so many iterations, I think, before it was going to be guitar and vocal, then it was going to be acapella, and then... Like I scrapped the initial acapella version, then re-recorded the whole thing again acapella, scrapped that, and then ended up with what we have today. Um, giving the game away. Everybody's got a beard of bees these days undercover all along. I talked a lot about what happened in those songs. I'm going to come back and, and get into just a little bit more detail into those songs. Um, I've already gotten this thing up to uh, an hour and a half, and I need to get out there for a walk. So um I'll I'll be right back. Please stick around, friends. This has been a lot of fun here on episode 21 of the Matt Colic Show. Gosh, I love you. Um, thank you for being with me. With me, like, wow, the recording of microorganism. This is this is the time period when it happened. Um, for the most part, like the, so much of it, so much of what ends up on the album. So, anyway, I'm rambling. Um, I'm going to take a little break now and come back and uh, get into those individual tracks. And uh, yeah, that'll be the episode. All right. See you soon. Okay, okay. Wow, we are back from break, friends. Uh, we are back from break and back to episode 21 of the Matt Collick Show. Boy, I think this has been the longest um, in intra, intra, I think, rather than inter, or is it inter, episode break. Uh, the longest break uh, in real life uh, within an episode of the podcast, uh, meaning uh, the last time you heard me, 
uh, just moments ago. Um, it was Friday, <laughs> the 14th, the day microorganism, my new album, available on all the platforms, including mattcolic.com and bandcamp.com. Um, yeah, that, that was the day that was released. And now we are, um, it's Tuesday, May 18th. Um, there has been a yard sale, uh, fairly successful. I got rid of one of my jumpsuits, uh, the one uh, that I use in a lot of my main uh, promotional um, photos and uh, like uh, profile photos on the, on the social media platforms. That gray one uh, went, went off to somebody else. Um, <laughs> that's what, you know, to be honest, I don't think really any of my jumpsuits fit me at this particular moment in time as we are emerging from quarantine, kind of. Um, yeah, and, and all the cakes that have been eaten during that time. Uh, that jumpsuit, that particular one that, that sold during our yard sale over the weekend, uh, the gray one, that really didn't fit me well even before uh, the pandemic. So, yes, goodbye jumpsuit. A goodbye to a couple pairs of jeans and uh, a couple bicycles that uh, we had not been riding. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I purchased a guitar. Um, it was uh, shipped out today from North Carolina. Should arrive within the next few days here, hopefully by the weekend. A new electric guitar. Uh, not brand new, used, um, but barely played. Really, really nice looking. Uh, it's quite a departure for me, honestly. It's a Charvel um, with 24 frets and a couple of humbucking pickups. Uh, versus the, uh, you know, I play the Strat style, of course. That's the uh, the guitar that was on Microorganism, the electric guitar, which has three single-coil pickups. Uh, this is uh, going in a bit of a, a different direction. Uh, I want to be a little more flashy. I want to get really good on guitar, too. And I think this instrument will just kind of be easier to play and easier to get better on. Um the Matito Caster, my beloved instrument that um, Ron Sanchez helped me put together, uh, I, I got some news about that. Uh, the pickups are coming back from Fishman, and uh, actually they're sending me new pickups. They did, in fact, find a flaw, uh, something wrong in the in the pickups that I had. Um, so yeah, that, uh, good things are happening with electric guitar stuff, so, so, so that's pretty cool. Um, Let's see what what else has happened. Um, I'm I'm gonna get into the songs real soon, and I know this episode is another long one, but fuck it, that's what this is all about. Um, a good friend, a longtime friend, uh, Carmen, uh, a, a cat friend, passed away yesterday. She left her body yesterday. Um, she had been sort of ill off and on. She had been blind for I think a couple of years. Uh, she was I think approaching her 21st birthday. Um, so, you know, older geriatric cat, uh, nevertheless, extremely sad. Uh, Carmen is a legend, a legendary cat. Um, one of the first animals, besides the animals I had growing up, uh, that I truly bonded with. Uh, she was a really picky kitty uh, with regard to who she would let hold her and pet her. And I was one of those people. Um yeah, what a, what a sweetheart. Rest rest in power, rest in peace, Carmen. I really miss you. And um, yeah, uh, another kitty-related piece of news I wanted to bring up. Since there has been time since uh, the last episode, I, I've had a chance to uh, think about what I recorded in the first part of the episode, and, um, and I want to update you on some things. Um, I wanted to follow up. I told the story of we, we had decided to get a cat, 
and there was a kitty we we chose and that kitty sadly was was killed by by dogs that had gotten out however there was a kitty that survived i don't think i ever made the connection that kitty that survived ended up being montakia that we got in august um and who we love so much today. Um, we've really been loving on Montekia hard. Uh, she wants me to be done with this podcast, so I'm going to get back to it so I can go out there and play with her. Uh, yes, this is uh, episode 21. Uh, I think you're going to be able to hear this today, Tuesday, May 18th, and then there's going to be episode 22. Uh, so as long as I release these within a week, of microorganisms release. It's still uh, part of microorganism release week, I I, I, I reckon. Um, man, crazy to think that I would be able to release these podcast episodes all in the week leading up to the release of microorganism. Uh, kind of how, uh, you know, it's a lot, it's aligned in line and, uh, yeah, it, 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 that's, that's how the album was produced. It was, I thought I could get it done really quickly and, I guess I got it done fairly quickly, uh, but not nearly as quickly as I thought I was going to do it. And so that's how these podcasts have naturally turned out as well. Um, looking back over some of my Instagram posts that I, I put out there uh, during the making of the album, I realized I had announced the release of the album a couple of times on Instagram, just kind of soft release announcements. Uh, there was one back on October 23rd in a post. Then I said it would come out on Friday, November 20th, 2020, which is that's my dad's birthday or would be my dad's birthday. He's no longer with us. Um, in a subsequent post, I, I mentioned on Instagram, I, I pushed it back to December 18th. And uh, that was the last time I um, mentioned a release date on Instagram. Uh, the last time I mentioned a release date publicly until uh, episode 19 of this program, The Matt Collick Show. So ah, just wanted to catch you up a little bit since, uh, since it's been a, a minute since uh, I last talked to you um, in this episode, episode 21. So Yes, we're here to talk about tracks two through five of Microorganism today. Um, certainly kind of the meat of the album. Um, the, most of the tracks that are bookended by Annie's tracks. Um, so everybody needs it. This motherfucking song. This motherfucking song. Um, this is a song I originally wrote and um, uh, registered with ASCAP back in the summer of 2018. So I think this is Everybody Needs It, the oldest song in my repertoire, in my repertoire of original songs that appears on the album Microorganism. So it's it's kind of the the least oddball of the songs in terms of like the long-standing songs that I've had in my repertoire. Uh, that I performed a number of times, and this is the one I probably performed the most, along with giving the game away. Um, yeah, so this one was originally written, the constraints, the parameters, the goal of this one was to, uh, at the time I was writing two songs a month, so I, I thought, okay, what are some of the keys I haven't written songs in? One of them was E-flat, so this one was originally in E-flat, or D-sharp if you prefer. Um, it ended up in D because mainly because it's a bitch to sing in E flat, which is a half step higher than the eventual key it, it, it became. Um, so there was that. I wanted to write a song in E flat, so it was capo first fret on the acoustic guitar, uh, and then using the the D shape 
um, the D chord shape as, as the basis, which with the capo there is E flat. So, um, yeah, that's how that song started. And I performed it a number of time, times live, and it just kind of became a hassle because it really hurt to sing that one. Um, yeah. So th that is why it's on the album. It's like one of the oddball songs. I didn't know what to do with it, and I figured, fuck it, I can at least get something down and then that song is out there <laughs> a version has been recorded and throughout the recording and, and, and kind of figuring out what this song needed to be on this album I, I grew to kind of love this song more and figure out how to play it more comfortably so um, I'm excited about that um, yeah this song started out the original concept was gonna be just me and my guitar uh, then Annie's first track on the album, Everybody Needs To, um, that really, like, it, there was, like, so much building up and stuff, and it goes from B-flat to C, oscillating back and forth, and I thought it would be cool to, you know, jump up to D for uh, Everybody Needs It. So that, that's why um, Everybody Needs To, the Annie song that starts the album, uh, oscillates between B-flat and C. Uh, so that it can jump up to uh, what is everybody needs it. So I, I wanted everybody needs it to be really, really cool. So the, the whole um, just me and my guitar concept kind of like, eh, that faded away after a while when I realized like all that build up to just me and my guitar and electric guitar, um, yeah, it was going to be kind of a letdown. So I had the idea, I think on a walk, naturally, um, all these ideas seem to come to me on walks. Um, I've got I, like all this recording space and I'm working on my voice. Wouldn't it be cool to like try to record it a cappella? Just record those chords I played on the guitar, but with my voice. And so I started doing these this like four part harmony backing track and then some like quote unquote color tracks with some different vocal stuff happening. And then I was ready to do the lead vocal and um, then I was, I, I was not satisfied with it. Um, and so I redid the whole thing again, all those backing vocal tracks, so much time, days spent doing it. Uh, again, uh, I think I mentioned this in the episode that driving around, or I might mention this in the upcoming episode, 22, uh, driving around when I was doing kind of uh, carpool karaoke by myself uh, it, uh, as I was preparing to record lead vocals for the album, that's when I realized, fuck, the acapella version, that is a letdown because it was kind of slow. Um, I think it was over five minutes long, and I, like I wasn't gonna like speed it up. I, eh, I didn't feel good doing that, like doing it sort of artificially, electronically, uh, in the app, <laughs> in the program. Um, and I didn't certainly feel like re-recording it. Uh, what the fuck was I gonna do? And so that's when I thought, well, I'll revert to the original idea of me and my guitar, which. <laughs> So I did that, and that's when I got the Wampler ethereal pedal and like messed around with the delay and reverb, uh, that, which that's what that pedal is, and uh, recorded the electric guitar. Eventually, I started fucking around with some beats, and it became what it is today. Um, that didn't happen until November, which is crazy. So late in the process, so late in the, like, the tracking of the album. At that point, with everything else, I knew what I was doing as far as the parts I wanted to record. This, I was really, really, um, like, lost until, like, November. It, it finally started coming together. Um, 
I might actually release one of those acapella versions. Like I have it all. Um, it's all there. And like, I think I have a pretty good mix of the final version of it. I just need to record a lead vocal. Um, so that'll be interesting. Like that's something that you might be able to look forward to. Um, this was a breakthrough. Um, I don't know if it's the best song in the album, but it's one I'm super proud of because it did take so much to get to what it became. And that was kind of a theme for the album, like have an idea, execute it, feel good about it, and then realize it doesn't work. I have to let it go and start over and maybe have to do that over and over again. That's what was required to make this album. Um, This song is really emblematic of that. Um, Yeah, all that. So I'm really proud of it. Um, everybody needs it. And uh, what, what else can I say about it? Um, there's that, that, that guitar part. That There's all that. And uh, there's like the kind of the layered vocals. And there's kind of that really sort of spirited and almost snotty performance, uh, you might say. Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I like that it's like quick and up-tempo, like 111 beats per minute generally. This is one done without the click track, of course. I recorded just the guitar and then recorded everything else on top of that, and it wasn't like to the grid, as they say. So I had to kind of like move things around a little bit uh, to make it work rhythmically. Um, man, there's synth bass parts, uh, like synth kick drum parts like like all all sorts of weird shit um it was fun to fuck around with that after after i thought i was done recording everything for the album basically like i didn't think i was going to do any more like percussion stuff so like there was that's kind of why it's it has a little bit of a different sonic signature i think than the rest of the album so that's everybody needs it yeah track two Moving on, track three, giving the game away. One of the uh, one of the songs I would say is sort of the uh, one of the two singles lead lead off singles of the album, and this this sort of was technically literally the lead off single of the album because it's the one I uh, had people or like started uh, allowing people to download and listen to when I put the album out on Bandcamp uh, initially um, and the website. So this is the first thing that was revealed from the album track three giving the game away um this is also the first one i started working on for the album and the first one that really started feeling good and made me excited uh that particularly with the bass line and the beat um i think uh i believe this one is 93 beats per minute it's like a good i don't know around 90 beats per minute is a tempo i really really like to fool around with um, that and Undercover all along are, uh, that one's 87 uh, beats per minute, so like all around uh, that that area, that, that kind of tempo, groove, landscape. There's a lot of cool stuff that can happen uh, with the beats and between the beats and with syncopation, I think, uh, in, that, in that area of tempo. Um, this one started out in GarageBand. I thought at first, I think I, I may have mentioned this, that the album was going to be done in GarageBand. Again, with the theme of how I envisioned it and conceptualized it, just quick, simple, fast, get it done and out there as quickly as possible and surprise people with it. Um, 
So I did the bass line in GarageBand. I, I believe, I could be mistaken, but I believe that audio file that is that became the bass line that we have now that was worked on in the Studio One professional digital audio audio works, workstation was the original bass line I recorded in GarageBand, the free software that comes with every Mac. Um, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, and that bass line, of course, is like, a, I, I believe sort of the defining element and foundation of the song and I'm really proud of it. I thought I was going to do it over so many times but no, no, it's, it's good. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Um, so really happy about that. The, the original percussion and like drum parts I did not salvage from GarageBand but I brought that bass line over and got started in Studio One. Um, and yeah, that this this song really lit a, a fire under me the, 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 uh, the way it was coming together and the, and the tracking process and like, ooh, this is going to be good. Yeah, this is going to turn out to be kind of what I, I want it to be. Um, I realized it's better for this song to be simple, as, as simple as possible. And despite all the temptations to add stuff and like all the layering that you, you heard on the previous tracks, uh, one and two, and that are and that's present throughout the album, the rest of the album, like I knew like this one had to be like super spare in some parts and that I would have to be willing to cut out a lot of stuff I really liked, which eventually happened. Um, I have a note about this song in the, in the notes before I got really into the tracking of it. It's a blues song, dummy. Don't overcomplicate it. Um, that was a theme throughout. I, I, Like I said, I had to cut a lot of shit out. There's that one guitar part in particular that's sort of like... Like that, that kind of thing going on. And kind of the distorted, you know, like bridge pickup of the guitar tone. Um, like, man, I, I probably ended up leaving that, that guitar part in the song too much. Um, <laughs> um, but I like cut it out because I loved it so much, but so it's in there, but it's, it just kind of pops up a little bit here and there. Um, and then at the end, it's kind of present lower in the mix as, as the, all the layers come in and we reach the climax. Um, but there are parts like in the, in the first verse where it's just the bass and that sort of syncop syncopated keyboard part. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's actually a, a guitar part there. Um, yeah, the guitar parts on this album, the electric guitar parts mainly, uh, and a lot of the acoustic guitar parts where I come up with a, a performance, a, a, like I compose an actual part, I play it once until I'm really, really satisfied with it and with a tone I really, really like. And then that's just one one time. Then I try to duplicate that as closely as possible, uh, usually with a slightly different tone. And then in the mix, I split them. There's one there's, um, all the way on the left side, and then one all the way on the right side. Usually, the, that's that's when you have a, an electric guitar part. You hear an electric guitar part on this album. It's really two parts, two performances split wide, left and left and right. Um, and that's the case with the guitar parts on this song too that I kind of had to cut a lot out of. Um, like I said, this one really benefits from space. I'm really proud of those keyboard parts I came up with uh, that, that really complement the bass line. Um, of course, there's the sax. <laughs> I'm giving the game away. Um, which, is, is that a real saxophone? Uh, I have uh, credited Bibby, the sax entity, Saxerton. <laughs> for playing this 
But no, it's not a real saxophone. It's it's me playing it on the keyboard. Um, I was gonna do a guitar part here and and in the areas of this song where you hear the the saxophone, but when I sat down to come up with parts, I just wasn't feeling it. And then I thought, you know what? It doesn't need an extra guitar part. It's fine. It's done. But then as I started doing the mix, it's like, eh, it needs something. Saxophone. And I, I don't know. I think I'd been listening to like Ween, Your Party, which has that, of course, famous <laughs> saxophone part from David Sanborn. Um, and that's what was in my mind. I, I used to play the saxophone in, in middle school and high school in band and stuff. Um, don't have a saxophone now, but I do have a lot of saxophone samples to play with <laughs> in Studio One. So there's the tenor sax line, which is what you hear in the left speaker if you listen closely. And then that is doubled an octave down with a baritone saxophone in the right speaker um, with a, uh, what is it, sforzando, I, which is kind of like short, sharp bursts. So it's like a little different like uh, envelope and, and uh, dynamic attack. Uh, on that side, but I think those two blended together again uh, with you have the left and the right and then you put them together in the mix uh, really, I don't know, it makes a cool sound that's sort of like it's exactly what I was going for. I'm really pleased. I, I, time will tell how I end up feeling about it, but uh, yeah, it's I'm really pleased with how it, how it came together. It's like it's like, man, it's like some really hard blowing that horn, man, but it's like keyboards. Um yeah, and so there's the original tenor part, which is, I, I moved to the left speaker, then there's the berry part, which is on the right speaker, and I just copy and pasted the, the notes in MIDI and put them down in an octave lower. lower. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I love it. It's kind of brown, um, a little uh, cheesy. I, I feel like it's one of those things that, it, it could be a little controversial. <laughs> like, I hope, I, I actually hope that some people think it ruins the song. Um, and obviously I want there to be people who think it makes the song awesome. Yeah. So that's, uh, giving the game away. All right. Moving on the centerpiece, the literal centerpiece of the album. Everybody's got a beard of bees these days. I need to have a drink of water. You know, I never intended for <laughs> these episodes to be two, two plus hours long, uh, certainly, I, I thought the first one, okay, yeah, this one with the interview with Annie, every, everything else. Um, damn, but I think this one and the next one, 22, might uh, might go well past the two-hour mark. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's get that water. I just love that there's six hours of uh, documentation in podcast form for an album that's not even a half hour long. <laughs> so everybody's got a beard of bees these days. Um, this is the one that's kind of emerging now that the album's out a few days and people are listening. And, and Annie's told me this too. It's like, oh, this is this is the song. It's obviously seven and a half minutes long, 25%, more than 25% of the runtime of the album. Um yeah, interesting. Um, it's it's a very slow tempo, um, and it's got a bass line that just repeats over and over and over again. It's just got three chords that repeat over and over and over again. Um, a A minor, E minor, D minor, um, and 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 that's it. So this one needed to be sort of like where where does the variation come in? It comes in the, in the in the dynamics. Um, in the rising and falling and the intensity of the performances. 
and in the layering of the parts. So there are some areas of the song that are really spare. Uh, excuse me. Ooh, yeah, just drinking water, having a little bit of a hiccup situation happening here. So some some parts of the song, obviously, that are a little spare, and there's not as much going on. And then, you know, there are parts that kind of come in and, and depart, and then, you know, come in in, in different combinations. Um, yeah, st- stuff like that. I um, I believe I only played this song once in a live situation, which was at my last gig in Albuquerque in 2019, November 3rd, 2019. Uh, played it at a brewery for for a couple of interested people and some people who were like tapping their feet and, and tapping their hands on the on the bar as they watched the game, stuff like that. So um, I, and I played it. And it's like, um, I'm not sure if this was, I, yeah, it was the original form. I thought fast, fun, punky, actually. Like, like, da da na 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 da 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 uh, yeah, like I was saying with the with the layers, I, I wanted to record all kinds of different parts and push and pull them in and out, um, sort of like in the style of Brian Eno and the Talking Heads on on those albums that they worked on together. I think Fear of Music, most notably, is that the one? Um, yeah, or, or is it Remain in Light uh, or both of them? Where it's it's just kind of they, they they hung out on grooves mainly and then just recorded a bunch of parts and then the songs kind of came together in the mix with muting and unmuting the parts on the console. Um, so this and this song is a great example of my process of doing that and how I approached doing that and how it, of course, turned out doing that uh, with my interpretation of that technique. Uh, this and, and many of the songs, but I think this one in particular, because it was so long, um, really needed to have that working for it. And I, I think I did a pretty good job with it. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, basically, I, I, I did a bunch of parts, like guitars and percussion and bass and like doubling the bass part and there's vocal parts. I did them all the way through um, versus like looping them. So that bass line you hear me playing on the bass guitar is me just playing it all the way through and being satisfied with my performance all the way through versus like playing a couple measures of it, feeling satisfied, and then just copy pasting it throughout the rest of the song. Um, and I think doing that with everything I recorded audio-wise, uh, the keyboard parts, I, I did a couple measures because that's not my instrument, and then just like duplicated, copy pasted those. Like that, that works. But I think like the intensity of the song, the way it kind of rises and falls, and, the, and I think the fact that it works as a really, really long track, and 25, more than 25% of the album's runtime is the fact that I, I did record that way, where it was like a, a, a good, true, honest performance all the way through that I was feeling like focused on emotionally in terms of where, where am I at in this song? Where, where, what is this about? Are we, like, what is the level of intensity? Are we halfway up the mountain or halfway down the mountain? Or at the top of the mountain? Or, you know, whatever. All that, all that, or all that stuff. Um, yeah. Um, this song is the thing that kind of makes it hard to like. What am I gonna do if I want to put out a vinyl version of this album? Um, like cut this song in half. <laughs> like half of it's on side A, half's on the other half's on side B. Um, so that's why I think when the 
vinyl version of Microorganism gets released, there will be a bonus track. Um, I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, what This song is about what it's about. I mean, it's like kind of fun, kind of absurd, like in the performance of it. It's like, I, I don't... I don't know if I mean anything really literally in this song, but maybe I do. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you can read into it. It's it, it might be kind of obvious. There's a lot of it I think is probably a little on the nose. Um, all the lyrics, of course, are available to read on mattcollick.com. Um, I kind of wanted this to be sort of a stoner anthem, like one to just kind of sit around and smoke to, to hang out inside. Um... I think I mentioned I wanted this to be like Ween's Nicole, which I which I believe is just 50 beats per minute. This one is 54 beats per minute. Um, like with just like the recurring bass line and like just kind of like a... That song is more of a reggae feel. feel. This one is sort of like kind of based on a reggae feel, but like I'm not a, a reggae person. I'm a white man. Um, so I don't know. That feel is probably still <laughs> a little bit there though. Um, but I, I feel like it is emotionally honest for, for who I am um, and where I've come from. Uh, yeah, so the tempo, like I, like I said, I settled on 54 beats per minute. I did think about 51 beats per minute, but that was just, just too close to the last two songs on the album, which are 45. And then I played around with 60 beats per minute. That was just too quick. <laughs> Um, so it's like 54 turned out to be perfect and, uh, turned out to be seven minutes, 28 seconds long, uh, with all the freakouts at the end. It was really fun, uh, recording vocals for this one. Um, I got most of, uh, most of the stuff done recording the parts like guitars and everything. Uh, most of the guitar parts done around my birthday when I turned 44, um, the guitar solos, which this is the one song that really has guitar solos other than Undercover All Along, which has the slide solos. Um, those got finished later in the month of October 2020. Um, I was really in the space of being a guitar player, a guitarist, a guitar ambassador, potentially, accepting that role, um, just really trying to do my best as a guitar player and having that be something I'm conscious of and hopeful of having people hook onto and into. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I, I gotta say, I'm super grateful to have Byron's pedals, ByronAmplification.com. On this album, the Bow Drive and the Dark Arts Drive really supplied so much of the electric guitar tone. And not only that, the inspiration for the parts. Um, playing through those pedals inspired me to come up with the parts that I came up with. Um, so thank you, Byron, for those 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 pedals. Like, goddamn, uh, there's going to be more and more as Matt as Matt Colic music continues to come out. There's just going to be more and more of it that uh, has passed through circuits that my friend Byron has created. Uh, really cool uh, guitar stuff. <laughs> it was really fun to be in in like heavy heavy into guitar stuff in the making of this song, and that's why it is what it is. Um, the uh, not only the guitar parts for this song, but the lead vocal part is two different performances: one in the left, one in the right. Um, so that's fun. It's kind of like the trippy John Lennon style uh, duplicate vocal uh, aesthetic. Uh, I think it worked out well. I think uh, what is the other song I do this on? Uh, Jump on top of the world with me. I think notably has that as well, if I'm not mistaken. 
<sighs> yeah, this one, um, I laid it all out and then I, I played an acoustic guitar part as just a guide, uh, but that remained. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so that one is, is like right down the middle. Usually acoustic guitars are, are like one performance on the left, one performance on the right. It blends together to make something really nice and big sounding. This is just the one straight down the middle, the one, the first one I recorded as a guide, and I think it works pretty well. Um, I put a chorus effect on it in the final days of mixing. That's a, that's a choice, so I don't know if some people might not like that. I think it sounds kind of cool. I don't know if I'll think that in the coming days, weeks, months, years, but that's, that's what I did. Ah, yeah. All right, so I, yeah, I think, I think that's all I have to say about that one. Uh, yeah, it, it's a groovy one. I, I think it works. There's there's a whisper vocal track, of course. Um, yeah, a lot of different layers of vocals. There's like harmony. Oh, 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 oh. There's like that thing going on. It was just me doing, I think, three-part harmony, but like doubled, so six parts all the way through the song, but it only appears like in three specific areas of it. So I think it works. I think it works. Uh, and that was everybody's kind of beard of bees these days. Yeah, that's track four on the album. Now, um, I want to talk about track five, Undercover, All Along. Uh, again, with giving the game away, this is like, could be one of the lead singles. It's like three and a half minutes long, kind of in that sweet spot. It's got tons of hooks. Um, it's got a lot of stuff like to grab the ears. This one especially. Um, I am really proud of the guitar parts. I, I came up with this one, the bass line and the, the rhythm guitar parts. Again, left and right, um, doubled. Uh, but there's kind of the ethereal, not using the Wampler ethereal pedal, but <laughs> ethereal part that, um, yeah, that, that I think it, it just kind of, it sounds almost like a keyboard part. I think I use Y and the, uh, the electro harmonics pitchfork pedal to get some octave up tones on that. And then there's the uh, I'm really I'm really happy with this one the do 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 that was a lot of fun to come up with and to play twice really challenging to get it right all the way through the song but I did and I think it really works that that was a lot of fun it's lyrically I think this might be the most literal song I have ever written like it is. It's about like a composite of people, many people, but also kind of just about one person uh, in particular. If you know me, you might know this person. Interesting. <clears throat> but um, yeah, Annie has told me she's interpreted it to be about me, which I don't know if that, given the, my relationship to, to the song, it doesn't make sense, but I... I, I love I love that there can be different interpretations of what the lyrics mean, which is why I don't want to get too much into what I think they mean. But I do want to say, yeah, this is it's pretty lyric literal. Um, this song is a chance to do some slide guitar parts. Uh, the Byron bow drive, uh, the the, <laughs> the guitar pedal that started it all, uh, the bow drive. 
Uh, my slide guitar sound, once I got the rock slide, which is like this, it's got these notches in it, it's really heavy brass, and I use it on my ring finger on the left hand, um, and it's super comfortable, and it's super easy to like hold the slide position. And it took some getting used to, and I used this song as an opportunity and a, sort of a challenge to like get some cool slide guitar parts down. Um, my inspiration was like George Harrison, and I even thought I was gonna do like slide guitar harmony parts, but oof, it was challenging, and I gained a new respect for the aforementioned Sir George Harrison um, in, in the making of those parts, like in the composing of them and in the performance of them, just getting them right. Um, I, I composed them, like I, I got them to where it felt right, and again, I listened back, nope, gonna have to redo them. Um, and so I, I did them to the point where, fuck, finally, I got, I got them, I got them to where I wanted them to be. I thought about doubling them, but no, 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 no. Um, I did add a delay, uh, in post-production in the mix, um, that is kind of subtle, but I think kind of adds something that, that would have been there if I had, uh, doubled those parts. But really, really proud of those guitar parts. Um, I have to admit, I did a little, a little bit of pitch correction on on some of those slide guitar parts. Uh, the way I approach pitch correction is to hopefully make it sound like there's no pitch correction happening. But like there are certain times when it's just like, yeah, and I can't like I'm past the point where I'm willing to redo something. So fuck it, I'll do some pitch correction. So a little bit happened there on that slide guitar part. Um, and of course, in the vocals, like I'm not afraid to use pitch correction on my vocals. Like I, there's a lot of, a lot of takes being done and a lot of like comping done to get the right performances, but then to really give it the polish it needs in addition to like writing the, the fader on in, in the mix and automating that, um, compression, all that there's, there's pitch correction. Um, yeah. So that happened in this song and every song, not every part of every song, but where I felt it was needed. Um, so yeah, slide guitar. Um, I wanted a big contrast in this song between the music and the lyrics. Of course, it's bright, sunny, major key, key of F, which is one of the happiest keys there is, at least they say. Kind of a shitty guitar key, but I, I figured it out. Um, <laughs> this is what capos are for, friends. Capo is a useful, useful musical tool. Uh, don't diss the capo. Um... Yeah, yeah. Um, so many hooks. Um, oh, oh, yeah. The the part with the the contrast. Um, the vocals, like in the lyrics, of course, are like I'm upset about something. Um, I'm angry at someone. I'm like like man, it sucks about you, person. Um, but it's a sunny, bright song with like like I said, lots of hooks. Uh, the performance of the, of the vocal, the lead vocal, was meant to go from irritated to angry, sort of clenched teeth, um, <laughs> sort of clenched teeth throughout, but not as much in the beginning as it got to at the end. And like I did with all the vocal parts on on the album, I I figured out that I needed to, in contrast to how I recorded a lot of the instrumental parts, I needed to identify. What, what are the most difficult parts and do those first and then work my way through to the easiest vocal parts and then 
With that, I had to keep in mind, okay, where am I at? What's my vote motivation here in this part of the song with my emotions and uh, this uh, this part of the performance in the in the in the landscape of the song? Um, that's how the vocals worked, recording this song and, and all the all the others. Um, and this one in particular was meant to go from irritated, annoyed to angry. So that's why it's like all along at, at the end. Um, so many hooks. I'm really proud of those guitar parts, the slide parts and the rhythm guitar parts, uh, the acoustic guitar. Um, and one thing on this album, because of this room and because maybe I don't have the right microphone for the way I play, I, I'm not sure. This is something I'm looking forward to figuring out in subsequent recordings. Um, the acoustic guitar is, has been so much my main instrument. It's the, the instrument I wrote all these songs on. It's the instrument that people hear me play and sing. It's like, oh, you're such a good guitar player and everything. I don't know if the, the acoustic guitar really shines on this album in the in the way maybe I would have liked, but, you know, whatever. That's It, it is what it is. And there is acoustic guitar in this song, and um, this is one, uh, one of those songs that uses the DAD-GBD tuning um, with the capo on the third fret to, to achieve the key of F. Um, yeah, fun stuff. Uh, the slide guitar part was recorded, I, I should say, with uh, not the SM57, like virtually, I, I believe all the electric guitar parts on the album, but the uh, Roswell Pro Audio Mini K47, which was the main vocal mic on the album. Yeah, uh, the acoustic guitar was originally done with the Breed Love. I added the K, um, and then I did the thing where I think uh, one side is on one guitar is on one side, one is on the other. I, I'm pretty sure that's how I ended up doing it. Um, this one features the most of the makeshift drum kit I created here in the, in the studio, just on the other side of the desk. Set up some pots and pans and containers and like jars of change and things that could make make different kinds of noises that I could hit with drumsticks and, and drum brushes. Um, I think there's one on the left, one on the right, one on the middle. Three different tracks of me playing my makeshift drum kit and. It didn't really show up in the song as much as I thought it would, but it is there, and I think you would miss it if it wasn't. Of course, there's the uh, in the choruses, there's the the, the, the rhythm parts uh, really pick up with the percussion, the hand claps, uh, because I put a delay on it uh, in those parts where it's kind of feeding back into itself. And like a lot of the, the rhythmic sort of syncopated stuff is feeding back and creating like a bigger uh, ry rhythmic part there <laughs> in, the, in the choruses uh hand claps stuff like that um yeah 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 good times good times that was undercover all along track five on the album um on the next episode episode 22 we'll be talking about uh the final two tracks on the album jump on top of the world with me and everybody ascends we'll have annie sanchez back to talk about everybody ascends which is of course one of the songs she co-wrote and performs on uh undercover all along what what else is there what else is there to say about this um yeah re recording the vocals for this album <sighs> what a challenge <laughs> and you know generally I'm, I'm happy with how things turned out but yeah I, I i'm looking forward to doing doing more like exploring my voice more and my I think about how Steven Tyler of Aerosmith sounds on the early Aerosmith albums and how he sounds, how he came to sound later in the band. And like, he's like, you know, he's, he sounds like Steven Tyler, but on those early Aerosmith albums, he wasn't quite there yet. And I wonder how I'm going to grow with my voice. 
stuff like that. Um, yeah, th- this song, w- w- one of the two singles on the album. It's got all the catchy stuff, the bass line. Okay. This podcast is getting long enough. I, I should I should wrap up this section and uh, come back and, uh, and wrap up this, this episode. Friends, uh, this has been tracks two through five for Microorganism. I, I hope you appreciate this deeper dive into, into the making of the album. Um, I'm going to have a little bit more water, uh, maybe use the bathroom. Uh, this is going to be a much shorter break in real time for me than the previous one in this episode. Uh, I'll be right back. Um, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. We are back. Um, this has been quite the episode, friends, and I, I hope it lives up to the reputation that the second installment of Famous Trilogies um, has created. Greatness. Nothing short of greatness. Uh, this is this has been episode 21 of The Matt Collick Show. I really hope you, you have enjoyed it. There's going to be one more of these supersized, very special very important episodes coming up. I, I hope to get it out by the end of this week. Hopefully tomorrow. I was going to try to do it today, but uh, it's a lot. So maybe tomorrow on the 19th, we'll, we'll see. Um, but this is episode 21. We talked about tracks two through five. We talked about um, the second phase kind of of recording the album. Um, I wanted to mention with regard to, um, with regard to WRT, that's a thing I, I say a lot. I find it to be a very useful phrase, a, a turn of phrase, uh, like a, a fulcrum on which um, drink of water, burp, 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 drink, burp, burp, drink, burp. Um, I don't even know what I was talking about. Drink of water, burp, cashews. Um <clears throat> With regard to the uh, these songs, and I, I I wanted to spend a little more time talking about how how much I actually performed them live. Of course, the Annie tracks, uh, everybody needs two dot dot dot, and everybody ascends. Those have never been performed live. They were created specifically for this album, um, and they were kind of created as as like they were composed as they were made and mixed and recorded. Um, kind of <laughs> as they needed to be. Um, so so they were never performed live, of course. And it's interesting to think about, will they be performed live? Annie and I have been talking about, and she's been curious about what what would she do if if she had the chance to perform these tracks live? So that's, that's fun to think about. Um, track two, everybody needs it. Like I said, this is, that's the one that is, it comes from 2018. One of the original songs I wrote in, in the batch of songs I wrote that year, the big batch of songs I wrote that year. Um, that one was performed a lot. Giving the Game Away has actually been performed a lot too. It's in my uh, open D tuning suite of songs. Um, that usually is like at the end of sets, that one comes out. So that one was played a fair amount. That one, I believe, was written much later in 2018, possibly in 2019. I'll have to check my notes on that. Uh, everybody's got a beard of bees these days. Like I said, only performed the one time punk rock style and then undercover all along. 
that one, I, I think I only really played a few times. That uh, around the time that I was, I think, playing music, like maybe it came out in the, the summer. I, I was working on it the summer of 2019, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that one was played much, but it was played a handful of times. So I, I did want to mention that. Friends, this has been great. Thank you so much for listening to this supersized epic mammoth, mammoth episode of the Matt Collick Show. Uh, check out the website, sign up for the email list, all that stuff. Buy Microorganism. If you haven't, tell everybody about it. Stream it on your on your favorite platform. Uh, follow me on Spotify or on whatever your, your favorite pl- streaming platform is. Um, all that stuff. Support me on Patreon if you can. I, I'm going to really try to, to update that more often, like I always say. Uh, stay tuned for more info on how you can join in the 7700 challenge for Microorganism. Uh, this is not an album that's going to be released and then the promotion of it ends. Uh, this is going to be around a while. I'm going to be talking about this for a while, and I'm, I'm going to hopefully be able to get you guys involved in meaningful, fun, and funny and uh, groovy ways that uh, help help everybody out. Um, yeah, stuff like that. <sighs> yeah. Um, if you're listening to this now, it uh, the album is out there. Get it, get it where you can. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. I'm uh, going to drop it really soon, as soon as I can. Um, I love you. See you next time. Go buy Microorganism. This has been me, Matt Colick, on The Matt Colick Show. We'll see you next time. Shine on. <laughs>